Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for purpose and a more fulfilling life? Are you looking for inspiration and encouragement? Then this is the place for you. I'm Brooke Moore. I'm Gretchen Jackson. I'm Kelly Strother. I'm Tharwit Lovett. We are Shifter. In this podcast, we will address all things mindset. You will hear real stories from real women who have faced their fears, crushed their limiting beliefs, and have turned their mess into their message by shifting their mindsets and leveling up in business and life. Hello, my name is Tharwit Lovett, and welcome to the Shifter Podcast. Competition is out, collaboration is in. This is what we celebrate in the Shifter community. In addition, we don't believe messes are mistakes. We believe that messes are the key to transformative power. Our guest today is here to share with us her story of transformation. Let me tell you a little bit about Amy. Amy Gilstrap Dodd is a licensed cosmetologist and artist with numerous certifications. She is a former Arkansas real estate broker, former co-owner of real estate brokerage and law firm, former owner of Arkansas Real Estate Academy and real estate coach. She's a former director of compliance for Keller Williams. She has numerous sales awards, real estate producing awards and real estate designations. She's a lifelong resident of Arkansas. She also like many women wears many hats. She's a wife, mother, daughter, sister, auntie, mammy and friend to many, many people. Welcome Amy to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. All right, Amy, so it looks like you have had many lives within this life, um, that you have um, worn many hats. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what, how your life has unfolded for you? My life, I see as a journey, and I don't see anything as mistakes anymore. I see them as lessons. So each chapter to me has been a lesson, and I started my journey out thinking that I wanted to be behind a desk and was going to be successful in that. And life just seems to turn and give you just many curves. And one of my curves was I had uh, a major loss in my life. And out of this loss is when I finally was born. And this birth came from shifting careers shifting lives, shifting cities as well. So being able to shift from what almost felt like a past life into a new life uh, was the biggest turning point in my life. And a lot of women can relate to my story because I was in my mid forties. I did not want to do what I was doing previously. I had lost the drive for that. And I wanted to go back into what I originally started in when I was 18 years old, that everybody told me, I'm not going to make any money. You're not going to be a success. You're, you know, working in a salon, you're not going to do what the things that you want to do. You're not going to be able to travel and have nice things because all you're going to be doing is working behind a chair for pennies on the dollar and not being able to make a success out of yourself. So that created this drive to want to go back and say, I can do this. And nobody can tell me that I can't do this. So, but it was scary. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. It was very, very scary. So I call it my encore career. It is my career that I have shifted into um, as of 2017, when I left my position at Keller Williams. And in 2018, I took the plunge and I said, I'm going back into this, I'm going to do this, and I came up with a plan, and the plan was to get very resourceful. I understood that I was at ground zero, but that was also scary, but at the same time, it was also very exciting because I had no past discretions to worry about with that. I had no past failures to worry about with that. I basically got to start completely over again. And it was the most exciting part of my life as well as the scariest part. Right. I think that uh, that happens to a lot of people. We, um, 
I mean, it's kind of an extreme example, but how different would history be if Hitler had succeeded, succeeded as an artist rather than moving into politics, right? And for many of us, we could probably say um, for uh, our, our careers, or at least for the first phase or chapter of our lives, it's something that we were pursuing because someone else had an expectation of us or someone else was maybe pressing us to move in a direction. I know when I was growing up, I heard that, oh, you'll never make money doing that. You gotta, you know, it's like, you, you gotta be the doctor or the lawyer or the, you know, what have you so that you can make lots of money because it's making money that's gonna make you happy and, and successful. But then, you know, many people also, when they move in that direction, they find that, the, that there's no pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. It's really more like a carrot on a stick. And so we do have to reinvent ourselves in order to, I think, incorporate the heart into our existence instead of simply existing in the mind. You intellectually had all of the skills. You had the knowledge. Um, you were successful in that career and industry, but what happens is that our, our heart, it's, it just, if the heart's not backing whatever it is that we're doing, it kind of takes the wind out of, out of our sails. Oh, absolutely. And the fear of leaving a very good six figure job and not knowing what my income was going to be, that was extremely difficult for me. And also I was in a new chapter of my life in a new relationship and my new relationship also relied on that income that I was having so to go to him and say hey I know we haven't been married for very long but guess what I want to quit my job and I want to go out and do this and start over again and he had to be the biggest cheerleader in my life he had to be and we had to agree to do it together but at the same time I had to be fully committed I had to be the one that was fully committed. And that's very, very hard to do. I heard someone tell me one time, all you have to do is jump once and then just keep swimming. And that's all I kept telling myself was I just have to jump once. And But in the same turn, I had to be very diligent and very focused with what I was doing. I couldn't just blindly go out and say, I'm just gonna start this whole new career and have zero clue what I'm going to do. I had to come up with what was my finances going to look like. I had to come up with what referral base was I going to have? What was my marketing going to look like? What was my tribe of women going to look like? Because we can always say that at the end of the day, we're the ones that's creating this success. But in reality, it takes a lot of us. It takes a team. We have people behind us, whether it's our family, our friends, our coworkers, our clients. There's always a team that has to come in that supports us as well. And that was, that was very scary as well, coming into a new situation. But I knew I had to start networking. And I'm very extroverted. I'm very lucky to be in that that role of being very extroverted. So going to networking groups and finding groups like y'all's was very easy for me. I, I can just move right into that group and say, here I am, you know, take me as I am, take me as my authentic self. Um, and, you know, I want to love on you and you love on me and let's see how we can make life successful together. So that is uh, one of the biggest things that I've had to, uh, to get to do. And one of the things that I had to go over too was I have major FOPO and that is FOPO, which is the fear of public opinion or it's the fear of other people's opinion. I was raised in a very strict household and their opinion, my parents' opinion of me, especially my father's opinion of me, was always playing in my head over and over and over again. And when I wanted to leave a very successful career and start over, that voice was in my head over and over again. And also, what is other people going to think of me? What are they going to think of me over here advertising this business for years and years and years and this is how they knew me and that was my status in my head to shifting over to here and they're going wait a minute she's working in a salon now she's doing this now you know 
is it a step back from where I was? Is it a step down from where I was? That was my fear. And I really, and I, I believe other women think that as well, especially when they come from a very high paying uh, job where they are known in a certain degree and then they're moving over here, they're shifting over here. Is that going to look the same? Am I going to get the same respect? Am I, you know, am I, am I, am I, am I? Those are the questions. And I have really had to overcome that fear um, that people are still going to love me regardless. And people are still going to use my services regardless. And I did not actually lose respect. And these were things that I had to get over. These were uh, things that I had to overcome um, with my faux pas. You know, some people have the fear of missing out, mine's the fear of public opinion. And that's a very scary role. And most of us women suffer from that. I agree with that. Um, and you had mentioned that you're an extroverted person and anyone that knows you knows that you just, you have this larger than life personality. The assumption that others might make is that it would be easy for you to shift into whatever you decided to do in life because you're, you're just, you're a people person. You're really good at that. But what you're saying with the, with the FOPO, the fear of, um, the opinion, others' opinion, uh, it was a, a challenge. It took that practice, the rehearsal, these limiting beliefs that we talk about, the lies that we tell ourselves that are constantly running on a loop in our mind. We all have to um, separate that out, break, uh, realize that it doesn't belong to us if we don't want it, and it can't affect us if we don't believe it, and just engage in the process of doing what it takes in order to um, push yourself outside of that comfort zone and eliminate that limiting belief. How, how did you, how did you do that? How did you manage to shift from um, worrying about what other people thought to, you know what, it's okay and move forward anyway? Literally, I bought a book. Okay. Uh, the book is called Breaking the Habit of Being You by Dr. Joe Dispanza. Oh, yes. I love that book. Mm -hmm. um, I've read that book three times now. And when I bought that book, the first two chapters, I thought, oh, this is just another version of quantum physics and the fuzzies and the feel goods. But once I got into the book, and it's a long book. It's a 10-hour book on Audible. So it's a commitment mm -hmm. book, okay? Mm -hmm. Once you get into it, and I can pinpoint the days, times, and season of my life to go back and change the limiting beliefs. Because in the book, it says, you know, if you thoroughly believe that your thoughts and actions can change your future, can your thoughts and actions change your past? And the answer is yes. It's just you going back and shifting your mindset of how you viewed that that happened in your life at that moment. Mm -hmm. So I started meditating a lot. And I still do. Every morning, every night, for almost an hour each time. And inside those meditations was guided meditations that I had downloaded from Dr. Dispanza's websites uh, different websites, even YouTube videos that I would download and listen to on repeat all the time. And that was to shift my mind of saying that you no longer have this fear, that you don't have fear anymore, you have excitement. So I changed my feelings of fear to excitement. And the excitement was I get to share with the public or other people these new things going on in my life and that they're big and that they're going to be exciting. And so I took the fear and I changed it to excitement and I thoroughly did it through meditating and um, playing that loop on my head over and over and over again and really going back and figuring out, um, hey, here's the season or the area of my life of where I created that belief and how I'm going to change that viewpoint about it. Um, I also believe in therapy. I'm, I'm, I go to therapy. I have a wonderful therapist that I see every two weeks, every other Monday. I'm a big believer in it. Um, I call her my therapist. She would say she's probably closer to a life coach. Um, mm -hmm. 
but I love her anyway, regardless of what title she wants to put on herself. And that has helped completely and immensely a lot. I have been doing that since 2014. Mm-hmm. So a long time commitment. And um, that has really created a lot of growth and change inside of me as well as with the meditating. Right. I love um, all of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work because I do have the analytical aspect of my mind and I, I, I really enjoy how he um, marries some of the fuzzy um, uh, quantum uh, type of information with uh, scientific information. He really, it's not, it's not just a warm and fuzzy. There's, there's something that's happening inside of your body neurologically that is triggering the recycling of these thoughts, these beliefs, these stories over and over again. And I 100% agree that we do have the power to change the past by shifting our perspective. And whether you're keeping a journal or you're meditating or you're seeing a therapist or a coach, um, all of the above or or just one or two of the above, it helps us do that. It helps us change the conversation that we're having with ourselves because fear and excitement actually vibrationally are the same frequency. It's, it's the story that we tell around it. It's the narrative that's going to determine how um, I begin to build that, that reality around it. Am I going to perpetuate and keep myself in fear or can I shift this into excitement? And something that I have to work on within myself or that I do work on within myself is being mindful of the words that I'm choosing, not using words like should, need to, have to. What you said, I get to do these mm-hmm. things. It completely changes the story and it, it, it places the power back inside of you as opposed to some of those other words implying a sense of, of powerlessness or um, sort of a, being shackled to some some external expectation. Years ago, I had a therapist tell me a question and I asked myself this question probably 25 times a day, not exaggerating. And the question is, is this reality or is this my perception? Mm. Mm-hmm. And I have to ask myself that all the time. Did, did she really say it like that or did I take it like that? Was it meant to be like this Was or did I really see it in a different direction? So reality and perception to me, I'm constantly questioning all day because reality is majority of the time they weren't talking about me. They weren't, they, they didn't care about what I said or how I looked or any of this. This was my perception. This was me walking into a room, being vulnerable and, and just being raw with people. And then when you take all those barriers down, you also have that fear. So I'm constantly questioning myself, is this reality or is this my perception? And a lot of times it's just my perception. It's just the perception of what other people are going to think. So that's how also I have kind of overcome that fear of other people's opinion is realizing that the difference between my perception and the reality of it as well. And he kind of goes over all of that um, in his books. And he has one that's called uh, Becoming Supernatural. And that's a great one, too, about overcoming a lot of fear and, and perceptions are in there as well. So a lot of times that we're having to um, overcome what we see as reality and what is uh, what is our perception. And a lot of times I feel like our reality is so much more better than what our perceptions are. And um, I just saw on somewhere the other day where it said um, everybody's perceptions now are their reality. And I, I disagree with that because I think we can separate those we can we can ask ourselves these questions and we can separate those and then that will help us to overcome the fear to take the next step so it has in my life it has majorly made a difference in my life i think that 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 is a powerful tool and recommendation to separate perception from reality inherently reality or the conditions that surround us are neutral it is us, it's our perception, it's it's our narrative or understanding of what's going on around us that projects 
the judgment onto the situation and the experience of something um, being good or something being bad. That is us doing that. And so if, if that is me, if I can accept that, if I can separate myself out from that and accept that, oh, that's me that is um, uh, yielding that emotional experience from this condition, these circumstances, then, then how can I shift my perspective and completely change my reality or experience. And, and, the, and, and Dr. Joe Dispenza says this, that the brain is a record of the past. It, it's, it is going to simply repeat over and over and over and over again, only what it has known or understood or experienced in the past. And so it does take um, having the ability to break out of those habits and move into unknown territory, which is going to be terrifying for the brain whose job is survival, the ego mind who wants to keep us safe and separate. It's a terrifying experience. But what you said that you did is you transformed that fear into excitement, and that helped you navigate those physiological responses, that activation that where our heart starts to beat rapidly and, and you know, your, your palms get sweaty because your body's like, there's something going on here that's unfamiliar, but you, you transform that into excitement and that really helped you navigate some of those changes. I know that you, you have mentioned getting over the, the fact that nothing is ever going to be perfect. Can you kind of share what your experience with perfection is? I know many women struggle with this. How I overcome perfectionism is realizing that I gave other people more grace than I gave myself. Mm -hmm. And I needed to realize that I'm just as human as they are. And if I'm okay with them making mistakes, then I have to be okay with myself for making mistakes. I have made a ton of mistakes in my life. And... I see those as learning lessons where before for years, I saw them as regrets and I would go back and play those over and over and over again. And one of the things that I learned through meditating was when you wake up in the morning, majority of the time you wake up in the past, you're constantly thinking about what had already occurred, how you're going to fix it, uh, mistakes that you made. And so I rerouted my brain to now when I wake up, I wake up excited. I wake up excited for the day, for the week, for the month, what's going on, the events I have going on, my calendar that's full. I wake up excited. I have trained myself not to wake up in the past. That took a lot. That took about a year to two years of full-blown doing the hard work because it's very easy to wake up and go, I'm so tired. I didn't get enough sleep last night. I didn't do this. I didn't get this done. I'm already woke up late. I'm, you know, you wake up majority of the time in a bad mood. And I had trained myself that every morning when I get up, literally I get up and when I get out of bed, I jump out of bed, I clap my hands. I just, I'm so excited about being awake. I'm so excited and grateful that I have the ability to stand up out of bed. I'm so excited that I have the ability to walk to the kitchen. I'm so excited and grateful that I can get a cup of coffee. It's all in that changing that mindset from the minute you get up. And that is where I did the hard work and changed all of that. And that's not easy. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that was very easy for me. It's very, very hard to change your mindset when you first wake up and to set the rest of your day. And that's, that's just how I did it. Mm -hmm. And meditation is, is, is helpful. That um, tool that you use when we're meditating, we're, we're building the muscle of the frontal lobe that gives, that really is the only part of the brain that has the power to override the limbic system or the, the, the part of our brain that has us reliving the past over and over and over again and in fear, um, anger, reactivity. Um, it is so, so meditation is an incredibly powerful tool. It's impressive that you're meditating for an hour in the morning and the evening. Um, would you say that that has been pretty transformative? Can you directly link that? That is completely the number one reason that has changed my life. I will, I will admit that is the number one reason it takes me that long because it takes me about 20 minutes just to even calm my mind down to mm -hmm. stop thinking about the 
prescription I need to go get or the things at Walmart I need to go get or those phone calls I need to remake. It takes it takes a minute to calm your mind down to that state. And I can fully contribute meditating and changing my mindset through meditation to some great successes in my life. Uh, there's been things that I wanted to prove to myself that I can bring into fruition and I did it mm-hmm. um, through meditation and really focusing hyper laser focused on some um, goals that I wanted to do. I even set timelines to myself in through meditation that I wanted to achieve this within 30 days or within 60 days and it happened and I can sit here and tell you story after story after story of what I have achieved through meditation um, and achieved through hyper laser focusing on my goals um, to the point where we read the book E-Square, love that book. And the very first chapter says to really focus on something, you know, that will happen in the next three days and, and you know, see what would come about it. And I did that and it was amazing I hyper-focused that some gift would happen either in my life or someone I love's life that would be life-changing, and it happened. It happened to my oldest child, uh, received a n- enormous amount of a check that was a leftover from a uh, life insurance policy that we had zero clue about, zero, Wow. zero <laughs> clue, um, and just happened to come across it. So, and that was in like the very next day. So it was just, I have story after story through meditating and really getting hyper-focused on bringing things into fruition um, that I would have never done before. And this last year has really contributed to that and getting my mindset uh, wrapped around that and through the meditation and through uh, just putting in the hard work with the books that I've read and the uh, homework that we had, those homeworks, woo girl, those homeworks. There was a few that you sent. I'm going to admit, I cried. There was some of them I had to cry through. I was like, and I'm not a crier. You have to hit me with a brick to get me to cry. So this, there was a lot of that homework that I had to get through. So I'm just at the phase of my life where I feel like a lot of women is. And that is, you know, that mid forties to mid fifties where we're, empty nested we're changing careers we're shifting especially after covid COVID has shifted a lot of us and has changed where we're our life's plans are and mine too you know i thought i was just gonna have a little simple job behind our career behind a chair somewhere and just work you know three or four days a week and just do these little things and go home and not not have just this big massive career like I had before and all the responsibilities well that didn't happen so now you know here recently I have shifted again and um, going into a partnership that is much larger than my previous one and we're moving into a 5,000 square foot building that we're working on right now Mm -hmm. and um it's going to be fabulous and where i've taken my mindset of i wanted this little small career is now blowing up into a salon and there's going to be a spa in there and just all this other stuff and working towards providing education um so once again i've shifted and uh, moved into just a different mindset of where I was even just a year ago. So it's, I think when we meditate and we set our goals, they're going to change. And the universe is gonna speak to us and all of that is going to change. I couldn't tell you a year ago that this was going to happen. We couldn't tell you over, you know, 18 months ago, nobody could have predicted COVID. So we're all, we're all shifting and changing. And I think right now is when the most of us are. We are really moving into different directions um, because most of us are not going back into the offices and we're working from home and we realize that we can do it from home. Or 
we're realizing that our value is higher than what we thought. So our services, you'll see a lot of service providers, their charges and uh, everything are going higher because we've realized that uh, we have value to, especially in areas that they didn't consider to have value and was scared to charge for those services. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna see a lot of that changing as well. Um, and I, I think a lot of us women have just decided that we are more valuable and our time is more valuable because we've realized at the end of the day, that's what we truly really have and only own is our time. Right, right. Well, that's a very exciting um, story. Congratulations on Thank moving you. in that direction. So it sounds like, um, and I know definitely the pandemic has um, shaken a lot up in many people's lives and mine personally, it's really been teaching me the importance of letting go of the how and surrendering to the moment. And when I do that, I realize that, like you said, sometimes life takes me in a direction that I couldn't have anticipated. A lot of the, 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 um, um, successes, a lot of the experiences that you have had that have been unfolding for you, moving you in unexpected directions, are these according to a plan that you have established somewhere in the recesses of, of your mind? Or is this the product of simply accepting and allowing um, being in the present moment that has guided you in those directions? Both. Okay. I will say both. So what happened was in December of 2020, um, I was sent my homework to read the book, Do It Scared. Mm. And that book really had an impact on my 2021 goals. So each year we all have that word, you know, we choose a word for the year. And my year, my 2021 word is raw. And I wanted it to mean real and authentic and worthy. So I, love that. I really wanted to have this year as my transformational year. I knew I was going to do some bigger things. I didn't know what bigger things I was going to do. So what I did was for this year was I set out on my goals and my marketing to just increase my business and start saving and hoarding. So, cause I knew something was coming around the corner. It's kind of like I, I, I was in the driver's seat and I was sitting behind the wheel and I was going down this windy road and I was getting more excited as I was coming around the curves. Mm -hmm. So the universe literally jumped out in front of me, literally. I had the conversation with my new partner, March 27th. And she came to me and said, you know, um, I'd really like to do this and I'd really like to do this with you. And I said, let me think about it. I wasn't really committed. I wasn't committed at all. Mm -hmm. I hadn't even really thought about it. And then March 29th, the universe opened up and said, you need to do this. I had another thing happen in my current situation. Then I was like, I'm done. And I went and I meditated for about three days, talked to a good business coach that I have and sat down and said, okay, I'm ready to discuss this. And then it just started all unfolding like really quickly. So, mm -hmm. um, um, so I would say both. Mm -hmm. um, I am a planner. I've always planned out my year. I always read the same books at the beginning of the year. And I love planning out my year, but I know from being on this earth, as long as I have, that I have to just take what comes around the curves as well, because it's going to happen. Good, bad, or indifferent, it's going to happen. And this has been a really exciting journey. And this year has really brought some changes. And I'm just excited to see what the changes are going to be. Because when I make my plan and my goal, and I said I wanted to increase my business, my business since the beginning of the year has went up 225%. So wow. mm -hmm. I am working really, really hard 
to uh, just hyper-focus on my clients and hyper-focus on my marketing. So that way, when I move into this next phase of my career, um, those things are already set. And I also want to share those rewards with the people around me. Mm-hmm. That's an exciting experience, exciting story. I think it's inspiring. It'll inspire a lot of people um, to um, maybe incorporate or develop some type of meditation practice. It's good to have both. I love how you said it's a commitment um, in, in, you know, as far there is a myth about balance. And um, this was discussed in one of the shifter group coaching calls. It doesn't really actually exist. Um, um, Sukup says that it's it's more about commitment. You're deciding that um, you want to move in this direction and you commit to it and you just go forward. Set, like, I love how you set the goal. You're just going to increase your business and let everything else fall into place. I also love the fact that what you're saying is that doors open. And I think this is what is meant when um, when they say, you read in books, that it's, it's supposed to feel easy. Not that there's not work involved. It sounds like there's been an incredible amount of work involved as you're moving in this new direction in life. But when you love your work, it feels very different than when you don't. And it, it, it just, these challenges, you flow through them with ease and the door is going to open. And I like to define, I'm jumping back to the conversation about perfection. I like to define perfection as authenticity. And you mentioned authenticity um, earlier as well with the fear of public opinion, just who are, when you are being your authentic self, when your mind, your actions, your emotions are all moving in the same direction and the intentions or goals that you're setting are not only in your highest good, but the highest good of everyone, then I think that definitely the, the energy that exists in the universe rallies behind us and helps move us forward in our lives. I agree with every bit of that. Absolutely. 150%. Being authentic to yourself and others around you is so important. With the perfectionism, it's, it comes, I believe perfectionism is ingrained in you when you're small. I don't believe it is something that as an adult, you go, oh, I decide I'm just going to try to be perfect for now on. This, I thoroughly believe from listening to women in my chair all day and being a previous real estate coach, that perfectionism comes from, is instilled in you and your environment from growing up. And that took a lot to get over. We as women will forgive people for doing horrendous things to us, but we won't forgive ourselves. And we have to learn that we have to forgive ourselves. Holding on to that anger with our own selves and forgiving others so easily doesn't make any sense to me anymore. It used to, but it it doesn't anymore. And all it does is hinder us and hinder our progress. Because if we're not making progress and moving forward, then we don't feel like we're achieving anything. And we we don't ever really feel good about ourselves. So we've got to learn how to forgive ourselves for not being perfect. We're never going to be perfect. I don't believe in perfectionism anymore. I believe in mastery. We can master things in our lives. Um, What was important to me 20 years ago is not important to me today. So those things will change. Um, And and those uh, decisions that I made 20 years ago, are probably not the same decisions that I'm going to make today either. And how I viewed myself 20 years ago, you know, I laugh now and say, I wish I was as fat as I was 20 years ago, mm-hmm. because what I believed I was 20 years ago was huge. Now I look back and go, Oh my gosh, I wish I was that fat. Mm-hmm. So that's just how we, how we view ourselves. And the perfectionism part is um, it's huge. It's a huge thing to overcome And you mentioned balance. I don't believe in balance. Balance is an elusive unicorn that we will never, ever have. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because if you're spending 100% of your focus on one thing, you're you're not able to give 100% across the board. You just can't. And it's never going to happen. 
And that used to drive me absolutely crazy. I would always say, I want work-life balance, work-life balance. Well, that's not true. Either you've got a lot of focus on your work at that time, or it's a lot of focus on your life. So now my new philosophy is I work hard so I can play hard. Mm -hmm. When I work hard, I'm all work. That's it. That's all I do. Work, work, work. But then when I want to go play, I'm going to play hard. I'll turn that phone off. I will focus on who I'm with or what I'm doing and really uh, stay engaged in that moment as well. Mm -hmm. That's the power of the present moment. Like you're, you're really engaging consciously what's happening in the present moment, um, which is where our power is. It's not in when our mind is split between the past, the present and the future, we really don't get an awful lot accomplished. You're right. And it actually leads to imbalance Um, that, that, it's the feeling of balance that we're going for really is just a, a, a peacefulness and a feeling of, of presence and optimization. And we can only optimize, I believe, in the present moment. I agree with all of that, um, Amy, 100%. So um, as we kind of wrap up, is there, what piece of advice would you give your younger self? So I know you mentioned you're, you will make different decisions today than you made 20 years ago. Um, Oh, and which, by the way, I love that 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 example. I wish I was as fat as I used to be, because I think that illustrates what you said earlier about reality is actually better than we than we give it and ourselves credit for. There's so much wonderful that's happening right now. But if I can't see it, if my perspective is presenting me from experiencing that, then then that is what's creating the chaos, I think, in life. But what what advice would you give to yourself, Amy? I would tell my younger self, you're not that important. There's a lot of times that I believed that um, things were happening against me instead of for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's because I thought I was more important than what I thought it was. I mean, I'm being real. I'm being raw right now. Mm-hmm. I thought that um, I deserved more respect than that, or I thought I was more deserving of that. Um, a little bit of the entitlement uh, creeped up inside of me. The more success you have in life, you start developing some entitlement um, that did not work in my favor. So I would go back and tell myself, you're not that important. You are to a degree, but you're not as important as what your perception is going to make you out to be. Mm-hmm. And that you need to stay real and stay raw, especially in your relationships. Women, me, especially me, have hard times with being real and open in our relationships. And I would definitely tell myself to give myself grace and take down those walls with my relationships, uh, especially with other women, Mm -hmm. that other women are my friends. They Mm -hmm. do have my back and to really engage and flourish in those relationships. Would you say communication is key? Oh, transparency and communication. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Communication is key. Um, Being able to, have those people in your life that you can cry on their shoulder and tell them anything. Um, And also not holding things in, bottling things up, actually being able to speak to your partners, speak to your best friends, to speak to your parents, have those hard conversations. I've had those hard, hard conversations, even with my parents who expected so much from me. And it took me 45 years to have that conversation Mm -hmm. to say, I don't feel like I'm good enough and I'm never going to be. And then realizing that they didn't expect anything from me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Again, I wasn't that important. I thought that they really had these huge, huge expectations for 45 years to come to find out that it didn't because I didn't take the time to stop and communicate with my family, um, with the elders in my family to see what they really did expect from me. And that what they really expected was for me to be happy. That was it. That, yeah, that, that, when I, when I work with um, people in relationships, it's not uncommon 
for both of the individuals in this relationship to be in two, not only on two different pages, but in two completely different books. So yeah, communication is incredibly important. So that, like you said, maybe the way that I'm perceiving this situation isn't in alignment or truly representative of the way, the way this other person is perceiving this relationship. And we can never get there if we don't communicate with one another. There's this longitudinal study called the Grant Study that's been running for years, and they can look at all this data and um, ask questions and see what the data reveals. And one of the questions was about happiness. What is it, you know, people who report high satisfaction with life, happiness, what um, stands out? What is the, the, uh, the pattern that you see emerging? And it had nothing to do with what we tend to expect in our lives as successful degrees and money and, you know, houses and cars and respect and, you know, all of that. What had, what was the highest predictor? There were two things that predicted high satisfaction with life. One was that they had meaningful connections or relationships with other people. So mentioning that you're not doing this on your own, you have a team of people helping you, that is 100%. On point. And it doesn't mean that we need 100 people around us. It can be one person, it can be two people that we have a real, genuine, authentic connection with that's going to help us. And then the second thing that was present was finding ways to deal with life stresses and challenges in a way that doesn't push love away. So it's, and that includes not only love of other people, but love of ourselves, which is what you're saying give yourself some grace. We're going no, to make mistakes. We've got to, it's, it's a learning experience. Don't reject those aspects of yourself or of other people. Stay open and vulnerable, communicate, have those conversations. And oh, absolutely. I didn't even fall in love with myself till probably about two years ago. I, I was so critical of myself with the perfectionism and everything that I really truly couldn't love myself. And through meditation and through going back and and really looking at the real raw details of my life helped me to see that I'm a beautiful person inside and out and I deserve to love myself just as much as anybody else and I always just felt like I wasn't worthy I wasn't worthy of it um, because things in my life just kept happening you know bad things would happen and I was just led to believe I led myself to believe these bad things are happening to me because I deserve it and but I wasn't worthy of the good things and I had to work harder and strive harder than everybody else to achieve them and to really come to the terms of no that's not true I love myself I truly love the person that I have become especially over the last couple of years and that's that statement of people that says, uh, I truly love the person I've become because I fought to become her. That's an absolute true statement for me. Mm -hmm. uh, because every step of the way, I've had to learn how to give myself grace and that I'm deserving and that I deserve this love. And it's, it's hard. It's very, very hard. And it's very hard to tear down these walls. Mm -hmm. um, relationships and communication, those two, are the two hardest things in my life and from standing behind a chair and speaking to women all day long this is true across the board all of us go through this and we have the toughest relationships are with our spouses our kids ourselves uh mm -hmm. friendships you know the number one thing that people love to talk about is relationships the number one thing that people have the hardest times with is relationships and that all goes back to communication. I mean, in, in, in essence, you are a therapist. Um, they call me the therapist. Therapist. I love that. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, it's it, that's in alignment with the grant study and how it's our connections with other people that are the driving force of experiencing a state or feeling of happiness in life. It, that's really what, what I believe matters the most. We need love to the human being is what sun is to a plant or a flower. It's just, it's how we are fed. And like you said, it's not only the love for our families, our friends, our coworkers, but most importantly, the love for ourselves, because we are only able to receive to the degree that we, we are able to give to ourselves. Oh, absolutely. 
Amy, it has been such a pleasure speaking with you today. You are incredibly inspiring. I am super excited about all of the opportunities that are unfolding um, in your life right now. Please, yeah, the, the more you communicate, we got to communicate all this stuff with the people around us, then, then it's only going to, I think, help light the way for all of us. And I, and I appreciate what you've done. Today. I want to personally thank you and Gretchen and the other girls there at Shifter because in all reality, the last 12 months, my mind and life has shifted because of going through this group, because of going through the books with the homework and putting in the work. This has been life altering for me. Um, I know a lot of people will say that and, and, you know, give you attaboys and everything. I truly, from the bottom of my heart, can say this has been life-changing. Um, it has given me the confidence and collaboration with my group to want to be better, do better, and provide better for my family and, and my community. So I thoroughly, thoroughly appreciate each one of you women and thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. That means so much to hear that. I appreciate that, Amy. So if you listeners are interested in um, contacting Amy, you can reach her at www.amygillstrap.com. She is also on Facebook and Instagram. Look for Amy Gilstrap Dodd. Uh, we'll put her information in the show notes so people can very easily click on your website and uh, um, check out all the things that, that you're doing in life. Thank, Thank you for coming, Amy. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Shift Her Podcast. We are here to share stories that inspire so that you can create the life you love now. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review, share on social media, and tell us why it resonated with you. You can follow us on Facebook at Shift Her, Instagram at shifther.co, and read more about us at www.shifther.co. While you're there, sign up for our High Vibe monthly newsletter, where we share even more inspiration and stories from our Mastermind program. Links from today's episode are in the show notes.